If you want to create better content, content that connects with your audience, connects with your customers, helps you achieve whatever goals you set out to achieve by creating the content, get curious about your audience and why they're drawn to your content. Ask lots of questions and don't just settle for easy answers. You gotta lean into that data and identify what your audience is really asking for so that you can turn around and deliver it with quality. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of The Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video in the workplace. Today, we're gonna take a little bit of a different path. We're gonna talk not just about images and video, but we're gonna talk about the experience and making content that really connects with people because whether it's images, video, written, it's audio, whatever it might be, if that content doesn't connect, you've got problems, right? You want it to be able to reach to your audience and really speak to them and help them to act, move, do, you know, change behavior, whatever it might be that you're trying to do. So our guest today is fantastic. So let's go ahead and introduce Sunny. Sunny Hunt founded Austin-based consultancy Hunt Interaction. She brings over 20 years of marketing experience, developing strategies, driving change, and delivering positive results for B2B tech companies. Sunny's worked with a wide array of B2C and B2B companies in many different industries, helping them gather and leverage customer insights to quantify customer value and implement realistic strategies that support expanding customer value. Her expertise is rooted in customer experience, conversion rate optimization, and integrated marketing communications. Sunny is also a certified customer lead growth and product-led growth consultant. She's basically a self-described nerd about all things related to customer insight and creating customer connections. With that said, please help me welcome Sunny Hunt to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Sunny. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. We've, you know, we've we've had a chance a few times to connect on some different projects, and it's always just a pleasure to to work with you and hear your insights. And uh, so it's exciting to talk with you today. So we're gonna dive in with our first question. So this idea of you know customer like growth and and customer experience, how'd you get started with this? Where where did that come from? I cut my teeth pretty early in my career with e-commerce companies, digital experiences. I like to say that I survived the dot-com boom of the 2000s, early 2000s, uh -huh. and uh, stayed in the industry. So I was pretty, at one company, I was in charge of customer conversion and retention. And I kept asking myself, how can we make things better for our customers? How can we make things easier for our customers? How can we eliminate steps and eliminate friction and really incentivize them to continue to come back when they enjoy our products? And this was before customer experience was really even a thing. But I kept asking myself, how can we do better by our customers? How can we advocate for them so that we can continue to have a long-term relationship? And from that, I have kind of built my career around that one question. How can we do better for our customers? So obviously a lot's changed since the first dot-com bubble, right? Like, I mean, the world yeah. is, I mean, just software as a service is like exploded. There's all these things that happen. So for today's world though, like at a high level, how do you def start defining success? Like, it sounds like, um, you know, this question you, you just asked is a, a big part of it, but like for you, what are, what are some signals that you look for to help you to know like, yeah, we've moved the needle, we're getting it, we're helping our customers in, in that kind of customer experience way? Ultimately, your customers define success for you. Whatever that 
looks like for your individual organization. Typically for a B2B tech company, it looks like customer longevity. How long have our customers been with us? How are they continuing to expand value with us? And how are they growing their businesses alongside us? Obviously, sometimes customers are not going to be a good fit and that's okay. But by positioning and through content and through messaging, you can identify how to connect with those long-term customers and incentivize them to continue to grow with you over time. Yeah, I I, I love that. And as uh, you know, TechSmith, I, I know you're familiar with us as a company a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's it's been amazing in my career to see those customers that come along. You know, I just was talking to someone, they're like, Well, I've been using your product for 20 years. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, right? To use anything for for 20 years to stick with is is just uh so we're feel very fortunate in that way. So I'm I'm curious for you though, as you as you work with these organizations, particularly in the tech space. I've, you know, we're a show about visuals. We talk about visuals. What role, what tip would you give us about using visuals or video to help bridge that gap with your customers, to help them to find that, you know, like you said, they, they have to decide that it's right for them. It's that, you know, they get to define the success, but does video images, does it have a role to play here? Absolutely. Customers need to be able to visualize themselves using your product or experiencing their desired outcome. And visuals and especially video have a really great way of expressing that and making that connection in a way that text and copy sometimes can't. Okay, so let's let's dive into this this idea of content, though, because um, there's a million ways to make content. There's a million things that we could do around content. Um, and you're all like we talked prior to the show is just about connecting, getting that to connect with the experience. So how does content actually connect with customer experience? Like what's what's the bridge there? That's a really great question. So when customer when you think about customer experience, it's kind of this big nebulous thing that doesn't have any hard edges and fuzzy boundaries. But really what customer experience is, it's the perception and the interaction that a customer has with your products, services, brand, which also includes content. Um, Ultimately, what your audience or customers think and feel about your company helps define that a customer experience for them. So that includes like providing valuable information, building trust with your customers, creating engagement, increasing satisfaction and loyalty, and really assisting with problem solving. If your content is good and helpful and relevant, that helps build a positive customer experience for the long term. So from from your perspective, I know I want to talk more about the kind of the, the role of the content, but from your perspective, you know, we're our audience here at the Visual Lounge, a lot of people are making that helpful, like learning content, whether internally or externally. Uh, we do have some marketing, but like, are you are you thinking this content, like, is it primarily a marketing content? Is it other things like if you could kind of give us maybe some columns or buckets of what types of content here or what areas they might be found. Sure. When I say audience or customers, you have internal customers as well as external customers. So for instance, when you're communicating with your team, you could think of your team as your particular audience or your external customers could be people who are not necessarily in your buying cycle or in an active buying cycle at that point, but they're maybe in an evaluation cycle where they're kind of looking at different customers or different options at that point. And that content can really help connect 
them and draw them in so that they can make educated decisions and get that instruction. If their internal customers get that instruction that they need in order to be successful in their jobs and their roles. So content is really broad and has multiple different applications. It just depends on what you want to communicate and to who. Yeah. So, I mean, really across that, that kind of the product or funnel, right. Of like, whether you're unaware that you even have a problem all the way through, I've already purchased it. Now I've got this, this product that I need to get value out of because I'm, I'm doing something. So, well, I love that. So as we think about content, obviously you've talked about your audience, the audience and the customers. Um, how does knowing your audience help you to get to, to make better content? Like, and what, and what should we be thinking about knowing? Like what types of things should we know about our audience to make the best content? Yeah. So ultimately, when you create better content, it helps support the relationships that you have or that you want to have with your audience and your customers. Um, A lot of companies or some companies assume that they know who their audience and their customers are, um, but they never really bother to ask or to do the research because they think it takes too long to gather all of these insights. But ultimately, what you really want to uncover is you want to understand not only who your customers are from a demographic perspective, but also from a qualitative perspective. What do they think? What do they feel? What are their viewpoints? Who are they? What do they want? And getting to know your customers or getting those insights about your audience can provide you with the ideas and the structure, the words and phrases, and even emotions that your audience and that your customers use so that you can construct compelling content that matches and aligns with your business goals. So identifying that right into the funnel would be great content that connects with your customers can help build audiences. It can help increase engagement. It can help with lead generation, lead nurturing, and even drive to conversions. Yeah. So, okay. I I love this idea. And I love, like, I think one of the the joys I've had over my career at TechSmith is, is getting to know a lot of our customers at a, at a very personal level, but also at a, at a broader level. I'm, I'm curious, let's practically here, let's, Let's say yeah. I was coming to you and I said, hey, Sonny, I, I want to get to know my audience a little bit better. I want to, you know, because I want to help them. I want, you know, really connect with them. What advice would you give to help me get started down that path of doing that in a very real way versus, because I think it's easy to talk about sometimes like research, like, oh, we should do research. We should mm-hmm. go find. But I, I like probably what the complaint you hear is like, oh my gosh, I'm already overwhelmed because how am I going to find them? How am I going to connect with them? How am I going to get that the data from them that I need to understand them? So practically what, what can we do here? Yeah. Capital R research is really intimidating, especially when you have a full plate and you have no idea how you're actually going to get more things done with the same amount of time and resources you currently right. have. So it's really easy to just lean on demographic information for your customers and then just stop there. And which is, you know, it's helpful if you want to set up Facebook and Google ads, but it doesn't really tell you the why of why your audience and why your customers are interacting with your content and ultimately purchasing your products or engaging with your company in some meaningful way. The real gold lies with qualitative data. The qualitative data gives you that why, why they like this, why they don't like that, why they trust this, or even why they chose your product or content or even like a webinar over competitive options. And you can really get that 
with data that you already have about your customers. So you can take the extra step and you could run surveys, qualitative surveys, or you could do one-on-one customer interviews. But the sources of information that you already have are your customer support tickets, your um, product reviews that you have like on G2. And you also have a treasure trove in sales calls. And you can go through and listen to those sales calls and watch those reviews as they come in and really understand what people are needing help with, with their support tickets, and pull out some of those common themes and concepts and even words and phrases that you hear over and over again, and use those to guide a content strategy and even execution. Yeah, so I, I love that it's very practical, right? Because we're already doing tech support, we're already doing these things, um, you know, product reviews, all those types of things. So it makes sense that you would just start there and just start kind of, I guess, almost like categorizing like, okay, we heard this, we saw this, we saw that. So I, I love that very practical approach to to getting this um, without maybe having to have an extra lift to burden of, and I love that capital R research, the, the hard research, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It doesn't have to be like a six month endeavor in order to get really juicy qualitative research and, re- and customer insights that help you move your content and, and honestly move your marketing forward. Uh, it can be as short as a couple of days worth of effort in order to get some really amazing nuggets of wisdom and insight from your paying customers. So I, I, I want to take a little bit of a, a curve here just because I, I think that like, I love this, gather the research, let that guide your content strategy, let that guide how you're going to connect with your audience. I would imagine that 50% to 90% or more of people listening to this are going to say like, cool, I can do that. I can get the research. I can get the insights. I can start understanding who my audience is better, what they're talking about, kind of the sentiment that they have. But now I've got to convince people to change and and not even externally, just internally, right? So what advice would you give us about like, once you do this, how do you, how do you make sure that it's actually going to, you can help make that spread through the organization or in a marketing department or in a customer experience department to actually have impact on messaging, content type, content focus, things like that? I like to go through all of the data that you gather and find different themes. So some of the themes that I look for are, did they mention a competitive option? How did they find us? What did they say they liked the most about us? What were they struggling with? What was their motivation to actually choose our product or even our content over something else? And what are they hoping to get out of it? If you have those questions outlined, you can literally take those support tickets and those sales calls, those transcripts, and grab those little pieces of content and you can throw them into a Google sheet and put them into a column and say, go to your sales team and say, look, these are the real competitive options that people were saying. We have the data to actually show that this is an actual competitor that we need to start looking at, as well as positioning against in order to make sure that we are maintaining our the longevity of our customers because they're thinking about switching. Or they were really looking for this particular desired outcome. This was mentioned more often than not. We have the data from all of these different sources that says they are looking for this particular desired outcome when they're using our product. So we need to make sure that we are emphasizing that in our content and on our sales calls so that we can align what they want with what we actually deliver. 
Yeah. So I, I love that using the data, like the kind of the, almost the weight of the data, right? Like, look at, look at yes. how much this is happening. I, I, yeah. I imagine like a word cloud would also be something very valuable here, right? Like dump it into, if, if you got singular terms, build a word cloud yeah. that's like, look, that's our competitor's name versus, you know, these other yeah, things. It's, that it's also really helpful if you can say like, we pulled 120 support tickets and of those 20, 120 support tickets, 36% of the support tickets mentioned this competitor or 25% of support tickets mentioned that they were looking for this particular desired outcome. So if you can quantify a qualitative measure, that makes it infinitely more powerful and more persuasive, especially when you're making a business case internally. That's awesome. So one of the things that's a a hot topic these days, as you know, uh, is the use of AI. And and obviously when it comes to customer experience, that's core of who you are and what you're talking about. I'm, I'm curious about using AI, whether it's ChatGPT or some other tools to help you get through some of this work, to get to customer insights. Is there, is there something there that like, like I love shortcuts, I love getting mm-hmm. faster results, but I, I also know there's a lot of people who still are on the fence about where AI is taking us. Cause I've definitely got stuff that it told me that was not real and it was wrong. So what are your thoughts? So interestingly enough, before I hopped on this call with you, I went to a webinar that broke down basically trends in marketing for generative AI and for AI in general. So there was a whole bunch of new data and new data sets that just came out. But backing up a little bit and talking about generative AI, it is here whether we like it or not. And whether or not you think that it is going to pull a Terminator-style Skynet thing and destroy (laughs) humanity or not, that remains to be seen. We need to make sure that we have humans in the mix as far as AI and specifically generative AI is concerned. But the tools are here. And in this webinar that I was on, or this, this report that just came out, kind of a state of the state of marketing AI, 78% of marketers believe they're going to be using AI to intelligently automate more than 25% of their work in five years. That's a lot. They surveyed 900 marketers. So this is a pretty significant sample size. And 98% of those marketers are already personally using AI in some way. So The tools are there. We need to figure out how to use them. We need to figure out which tools to use and how to be responsible in using those. So when you're talking about customer insights and creating content, there are a couple of things that you should keep in mind. So these generative AI tools have bias built into them, Mm -hmm. which means that if you are part of a marginalized group or if you are different from the programmers in any specific type of way, there may be a slant away from representing you and your desires and representing you basically as a human. There are also hallucinations present with generative AI. The best way I've heard this explained or hallucinations is that generative AI lies and -hmm. it lies very convincingly. I've heard it described as someone, someone said that generative AI mansplains (laughs) to people, which, okay, sure. But then There are also a couple of other security issues that need to be taken into consideration when you're using uh, ChatGPT and other generative AI products. Do not, by any, any, under any circumstance, use sensitive 
information or confidential information and put that into generative AI products. There is a lack of security in these and anything that is used to as a prompt in generative AI tools could possibly used possibly be used as training data. So you don't want to be taking your profit and loss statement and plugging it into ChatGPT and asking for some type of optimization on costs. That's like not a good thing. You also don't want to be taking sensitive customer information and plugging it into any type of generative AI tool. The only exception to that is if your IT department says that it's okay because the generative AI tool that you're using is locked down specifically for your organization or your industry vertical in some way, shape, or form, or it has been certified that, yes, this is okay to use in this particular way. Also, generative AI tools, when you're creating content, it lacks voice of customer data. So it doesn't have the ability to pull those words and phrases or emotions out of the source data that you used in order to generate all of this qualitative data. So it may miss something that's really important. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a business risk at this point. I'm going to say this as of today, because these tools are evolving at a frightening pace. They're beginning more mature and more sophisticated every single day. So as of today, in August of 2023, I would not rely on them for pulling any type of voice of customer data or specific customer insights. But there's a better way to use some of these tools. So just keep in mind, first of all, that it is a tool, right? We are mm -hmm. using these tools. It is not something that is going to take the place of humans today. It can help you execute faster. In fact, on this webinar, 77% of marketers said that they are looking forward to reducing repetitive tasks by using generative AI tools. It can help you, tools like ChatGPT can help you get unstuck. And they're great for outlines or to sanity check for holes in things that you've already created. And in fact, I'm preparing a talk that I'm going to be giving later this year, and I had ChatGPT helped me with an outline today and also for a couple of titles, a couple of different title options. I didn't wind up using them, but I took the ideas and then modified them and made them my own. So ChatGPT is really helpful for creating kind of a shortcut to help you through the ideation process, but I wouldn't rely on it for polished final outputs. It still requires a lot of editing, and it still requires a lot of application of your unique tone and voice. It's a lot, a lot going on with the AI, right? We there's we know a that. lot going on, but uh, but it's I, very exciting. It it is. I mean, this is for me. It's been like the the thing I've been comparing it to is the rise of social media way back when, right? When when Twitter and yeah. YouTube, but like but exponentially bigger. Um, mm -hmm. when those things stick off, there's this buzz, like you can kind of feel it as palpable in the air and you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening. And this is like that, yeah. but bigger. And so, but I appreciate the yeah. advice you're, you're giving though, because like I, I, and I've had my experiences where, you know, I fed it a, tr a transcript chat GPT, a transcript basically. And I was like, Hey, help me find the, find relevant things that were said, just kind of seeing if like, could it pull some quotes for me? And it gave me this beautiful quote and it was wonderful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe uh, this person said this. This is so awesome. And then I like, well, I better check it. And I went back 
control F find and couldn't find it at all. It was, it had hallucinated and made up this quote and why it would have been a perfect quote for this uh, person at our company to have said, they did not say it. So um, I've had those experiences, but I've also seen like you're saying, like the ability for AI and not just chat GPT to, to help generate. So even for like our show, mm-hmm. when we're done today, I'll take the recording. We have a, a tool that's not chat GPT. I'll feed it in. It will do a transcript. And based on that transcript, it will create based on prompts, various pieces of information. One of them is titles, a keywords, descriptions, you know, it starts to help you kind of ideate through all of those things. And as you said, very rarely do I use it kind of like as is, but man, mm-hmm. it, it, it's allowed me to get through some of that, that work faster as well as in working with a, 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 the group that helps us to kind of multi-purpose the podcast to say like, Hey, these are the quotes here. Here are a few quotes that make sense for us to be using in our, our future content. So I, so I love that idea that like, look, it's a tool. It's like any other tool that you have. It's, it's not going to be everything to for in every cir- circumstance and situation. Um, so I, so I love this advice and I think, you know, we're still early days of figuring out where it's going to go. And maybe in, maybe, uh, in September, maybe in December, the world will feel a little differently about things than we, for usage now. Um, so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective as, as we, again, kind of wrap back around to this idea of connecting with our customers and creating content, obviously AI can help us shortcut some of that or get to maybe better ideas faster that we're, we're calling from the, like, Oh, it said, use these. I didn't want to put these three words together. Is there, is there something that you found from a connecting with your, your, your content to your customers that kind of is like a, always ready in the toolbox, pull it out because you know, even if you don't have everything right in place, it usually works pretty well for you. Um, I know that's probably asking a lot of like, is there, do you have one secret tool that you use all the time or <laughs> one secret process or whatever? But like, I, I'm really curious because I, I know I have go-to things that I do and I, I'll run those, pro, like pr- thinking of a program, I run those fr- frequently. Like, well, I know how to do this, so let's do that. Um, but do you have like kind of key things in your toolbox to help that help you connect with, with customers? Yeah, I actually have kind of a North Star that I use for connecting with customers, and it's a jobs to be done statement. So after you go through and you grab all of this qualitative data, you can put together a statement that basically says, when I struggle with whatever it is they're struggling with, give me, is it a tool, a solution, so that I can achieve my desired outcome. So I, uh, I've been a Snagit customer, a TechSmith customer since 2008 or 2009. So I use it a lot. So if we were to write a jobs to be done statement for Snagit, you could say something like, when I need to communicate quickly with my team without writing a long email, mm. give me a tool that allows me to record a video so that I can save time answer questions quickly and give my team the instructions they need to be successful. So that statement would kind of act as a North star. Anytime I start writing content, like what do they really want out of this particular product? What is it that they're really struggling with? How can we actually lean on the things that they're struggling with and connect those to our particular solutions so that they can achieve their desired outcome and really focus on those things in order to basically reverse engineer a statement into creating content that connects. 
I, yeah, I, I love that, that idea, right? Because it, it all of a sudden I'm starting to think, okay, well, what pieces of information does this person need to know in terms of wherever they are in their journey, right? Like, well, what's Snagit? Like, what's, like, can I, yeah. like, even answer your question, can I make a video? Like, or can I, would, uh, you know, like, where yeah. would I put a video? What, or how would I do, like, I, I'm starting to think, like, I could ideate for, you know, 10 yeah. minutes. The, uh, like The question tree just kind of, like, grows yeah. from there. Yeah. Well, I, I absolutely love that. And I think that's a, a, a great piece of advice. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, like, I'm going to message people after this like hey you guys uh, have, we, uh, have you have you heard this statement uh, no this is this is super helpful and I love that because I can see also the other things that we talked about in terms of like gathering the research doing the kind of look helping that guide the north star creation so that way then you're you're fulfilling kind of what all the right parts and pieces to tie this back together so that when your audience does come along it resonates immediately well, Sunny, this has been awesome. I think it's time that we're, we transition into what we call our speed round. For those who are new to the podcast, speed round questions are quick, fast answers to questions that Sunny has no idea that they're going to, what they are going to be asked because they're going to be determined by dice roll. So let's go ahead and dive in. Okay. Let's hopefully, uh, you know, as I sit here, I, I've got a camera set up and sometimes the problem with the camera is that, uh, it doesn't always turn on, but it's on. Okay, so now we got a twelve-sided die. I'm gonna roll this die, and we're gonna, Sunny. I can't. I can't change it. It's just gonna be the question you get. So the first it's one. Fate. Oh, we are on a, a one, which is a, a great question. So pulling up number one here, Sunny. For you, where do you turn for inspiration? Obviously, you're 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 brilliant. You've got so many great ideas. You you know a ton, but like kind of that well. Think about that well of inspiration that you're maybe drawing from regularly. Where do you turn? Right now, like real talk, um, yeah. it's TikTok. Okay. So I love the creativity that I find from different accounts on TikTok. Sometimes it's just pure fun. Sometimes they're trends. Sometimes it's educational content that really piques my interest and teaches me something in a real small snackable size. Or sometimes it's just an account that's beautiful and brings me joy. But I always take note of the things that I want to save or the TikToks that I want to save. And then I talk, I, I stop for a second and think about why is it that it connected with me? Hmm. What is it about this content or this creator or this message that really resonated with me so that I'm always learning, I'm always growing, always figuring out something new, or I can just save something that brings me joy when I need a little piece of joy in my life. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to be honest, uh, I have not gotten into TikTok and only because I know myself and I know that I like, it's like my eating habits. I'm going to, I'm going to binge and it's not going to be good for me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I've been very my cautious. My screen time is pretty high right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I love that, right? Because there is inspiration. People are so creative and clever and there's yeah. so many amazing things that they're doing and it really is impressive. So I love that as a, as a real talk kind of answer, right? That uh, I think that the trick is for us is to find inspiration, in all those things, but like that's the kind of the current vibe and, and go with that. So lean into it. You're, I just, I just know I can't because yeah. I've got a job to do. <laughs> Self-awareness is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's go on to our next dice roll. So let's get rid of this number one. And here we go. Dropping it into the tower. Oh, and the line is underneath the, the bottom. So that is a six. So 
Here we go with our question six. Oh, this is a tough one, Sunny. Remember, I mentioned at the beginning before we were when we were prepping that sometimes it stumps people. This is one that stumps people. If you could be it's a hero good. in any story, who would you choose and why? So think about it could be literature from literature, it could be from movies, it could be from TikTok, it could be from whatever. <laughs> you gotta be a hero in any hero. story. Yeah, this one is difficult. Um Honestly, because I have met a couple of my heroes and they kind of disappointed me. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm always looking for new heroes. And I think that the heroes that I look for or that I appreciate are the unnamed heroes, the people who overcome odds or who aren't expected to win, but find a way either through resilience or creativity or sheer luck in order to persevere and win. I love that. I, you know, I, I think we should just throw it now that if anyone's listening to this as a future guest, the answer could always just be Batman and you'd be fine. <laughs> but that's right. Uh, but I, but I love that. I love that you took it to the, the real world because yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who do a lot of good or are very impactful that don't even know it. Right. Like I've, I've got people yeah. in my life that are like that. I look to them like, you are awesome. And I don't think you know, but you're awesome. So I love that. Okay. One more question here. Okay. Well, well, the, well, you can't get the question six. So I think we're, we're, I think we're out of the woods on the tough ones. Okay. Question two. Uh, this is one. Um, I think we've, we talked about this a little bit, but you're obviously, as I mentioned, you're, you're so knowledgeable about this. You spent a long time building this kind of career, building this experience. Um, but what would you say you had to do to really, and I, I'm going to use quotes here because I don't, the, the word kind of master or become an expert. I know we sometimes, you know, we don't feel that way, but what'd you do to really become the expert in the topic today? Honestly, I think it's reverse engineering things that didn't work and mm. things like seeing different campaigns fail, like marketing campaigns and trying to understand why hearing feedback afterwards and always looking for ways to identify what you can do better next time, I think is one of the things that are a lesson that I take pretty personally and actively learn from. And honestly, they don't have to be my uh, stumbles. They can, uh, they can be stumbles from other people or other efforts. And I pay attention to those, but I also really love to celebrate the wins and the unexpected insights and the unexpected observations or um, results that we didn't we hoped for but didn't uh, didn't expect but somehow managed to eke out. So learning from those and understanding how we got there. So really, it's kind of a process of seeing an outcome and reverse engineering how you got there and making those learnings from that. But one of the things that also drives me is I'm always looking to learn. I'm always looking to grow. I'm always looking to absorb wisdom from other people through experiences and through knowledge. Uh, six months ago, I was rolling my eyes at the idea of generative AI, just like, oh, please, no, not another shiny object. Let's not do this again. But after paying attention to it for a little bit and understanding and seeing 
how it can help and change. And then in my mind, future pacing, what is possible? Because I'm Gen X, I've lived through like five major technological transformations in my lifetime from seeing our parents get uh, worked out of their positions by robots on like assembly lines and the use of computers and computers in the home and mobile devices and social media. It's, there have been so many different transformations that identifying that this is going to be a big thing and paying attention to it and getting curious. I think, honestly, that's how you continue to master any topic is to continue to be curious and to learn. I love that. And uh, as also a, a Gen Xer, I spend there right along with you seeing all those transformations. And I think, I mean, like, look, I know Gen X gets forgotten in every article ever about generations. Nope. And I, I, I want to be careful because I don't necessarily buy into all the generational stereotypes. But I, I do think it's interesting that you say that because I think there's something about being in this position where we've seen change after change after change after change that does spur that curiosity because we know the outcome if you don't. Like you yes. see it, right? Like, it, oh, like if I'm not curious about what's ha- why am I losing my job on the, the back of your line? And like everybody, I, I know so many people that I, I, I love and have grown up with that worked in those factories. Like if you didn't yep. see it and you didn't get curious about it, you're like, yeah, of course you were gone or you couldn't move on to the next thing. And same with all these other positionings and places, placements that like, not to say that we are inherently more curious, but I think it lends itself to the possibilities that as generationally that we want to be curious because we we've seen it happen over and over again. And with my own kids, I see sometimes that they're less curious about how things work. They just know it does stuff right. Like, and, and again, I don't want to get too off on that, a tirade about that or kind of get lost (laughs) in that, that generational thing. But I think that advice, be curious, will help you master whatever it is you're trying to master. And I think that's a great mm-hmm. place to, to, to wrap up our, our speed round questions. So thank you so much, Sunny. This has been a pleasure to talk with you as, as we, we always ask our guests before we leave just to give their, their final take. So, so Sunny, for you, based on our conversation today, what is your final take? If you want to create better content, content that connects with your audience, connects with your customers, helps you achieve whatever goals you set out to achieve by creating the content, Get curious about your audience and why they're drawn to your content. Ask lots of questions and don't just settle for easy answers. You gotta lean into that data and identify what your audience is really asking for so that you can turn around and deliver it with quality. Perfect, and I forgot to ask you one important question. Sunny, where can people connect with you, find you, they wanna work with you, learn more from you, where should they go? I spend entirely way too much time on LinkedIn right now. And so if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, just mention that you saw or listened to this podcast and I would love to have a conversation with you. Helpful, I help you to answer any additional questions that you may have too. Awesome. Well, definitely go. I've read, been reading your stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, very informative. So everyone go out, connect with Sunny and Sunny. Thank you once again. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. You bet. All right. There we have it, everybody. Great advice about connecting your content to your customers, getting connected to your customers so you can make that content using visuals in that process, but also thinking about the future, right? Thinking about AI and all those great things. And as as Sunny talked about there at the end about being curious, you know, and becoming an expert, becoming someone who is masterful in what they do. That's kind of what we talk about at the end of every single show is that whether you're making using images, whether you're using video, whatever you're doing, 
We hope you take a little time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.